0: Welcome to Living Water Radio. Many retail businesses have rewards programs. They keep track of your purchases on their apps, and you get points toward getting rewards. Does God have a rewards app? And does the answer hold the key to overcoming the divisions we face within the church? Today, we're going to find out. My name is Pastor David Birkedal. My wife, Rev. Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister actively focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, I'm filling in temporarily for pastors in the Los Angeles area, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm attempting to learn Mandarin Chinese. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between the two of us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Lots of businesses have rewards programs. Sometimes they're called loyalty programs. Sally and I get points from Target and from our credit cards, for example. At some point, we redeem them. When I was a kid, the public library had a summer reading program where we got a stamp on a card for reading a book. At the end of the summer, we could redeem those stamps for a reward. And then there's God's rewards program. You don't need to be a prophet to receive a prophet's reward. You don't need to be a righteous person to receive a righteous person's reward. And you don't have to be a disciple to receive a disciple's reward. How can that be? Is there a reward hack that we need to know about? No. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 10, verses 40 to 42. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Rewards are not certain in this life. When I was a younger man, I wondered why the Bible's book of Ecclesiastes was even in the Bible. It just seemed like the rantings of a bitter old man. But the older I get, the more it makes sense to me. Like this text from Ecclesiastes 9.11, Again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to the skillful, but time and chance happen to them all. What can we depend upon if there seems to be no reliability in life? How can we get the rewards that Jesus speaks of? We can count on God. In God's time. One of my favorite sports quotes comes from the comedian Gary Shandling, who once reflected on Leo DeRocher, the ruthless coach of the Dodgers, when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers, and who said, Nice guys finish last. Gary Shandling said, Nice guys finish first. And anyone who doesn't know that doesn't know where the finish line is. We were created for a living relationship with the one true living God, but we rejected it. Sin is that separation from God. We are sinners reconciled to God by God's unearned love through faith in Jesus Christ who earned it for us on the cross. The key to God's reward program is in the first verse of our main text in Matthew 10, 40-42, in verse 40. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So, if we were all created for a living relationship with the living God and we rejected it, but that relationship was restored by Jesus Christ on the cross, why isn't there more unity in our churches? We are divided, we are fractured, we are digitized. We can't talk about politics or social values or sometimes even the Bible without conflict, so we have devolved into homogeneous groups of age and social values and race and tribe. This has become the new normal we so look forward to during the pandemic. I once heard a story about the congregation of a Jewish synagogue that holds true for many, many Christian church congregations, but I first heard it about a synagogue, so that's how I'm going to tell it. A new rabbi was called to serve, and during his first worship service, he noticed that half the congregation stood during the Shema, here, O Israel, and half were seated. Those who stood hissed at those who were seated, stand up, stand up, it's the tradition. And those who were seated hissed back, sit down, sit down, it's the tradition. After the service, the rabbi turned to the cantor and said, what was that all about? What, the cantor answered. All that hissing about standing and sitting. Oh, that, I don't even hear that anymore. But how did it get started, and who's right? That was happening when I got here, and I think it's been going on for a long time, the cantor answered. The new rabbi found some contact information for his predecessor and called him up. Rabbi, so, so people are arguing during the Shema about whether to stand or to sit. Both sides say that theirs is the tradition. Who's right? I don't know, they were doing that when I got here, and I could never get them to settle down. Well, who would know, the new rabbi asked. You could try my predecessor, Rabbi so-and-so. The new rabbi called through a succession of rabbis who didn't know who was right until one said, Well, you could call Rabbi so-and-so. He's the founding rabbi. He's in a retirement home now, but he's still pretty sharp. He could probably tell you. The new rabbi was relieved that finally he could settle the issue once and for all. He took a member of the sit-down faction and a member of the stand-up faction and drove to meet the founding rabbi. After some pleasantries about the congregation, the new rabbi got down to business. Rabbi, so-and-so, the congregation is divided. Half the congregation stands during the Shema and half the congregation sits. Both say that theirs is the tradition. We are here today to ask who is right. The founding rabbi nodded, and the new rabbi said, is it the tradition to stand during the Shema? No, that is not the tradition, the founding rabbi said. The leader of the sit-down faction leaned forward excitedly and said, so it is the tradition to be seated during the Shema. No, that is not the tradition, the founding rabbi said. Well, The new rabbi said, if it is not the tradition to stand, and it is not the tradition to sit during the Shema, why do we fight over it? That is the tradition, the founding rabbi said. Change the titles, and I think you could tell that story in many, many Christian congregations. And I think that it has gotten worse through the pandemic and in our age of tribal social media, but it is not so in the reign of God. Whatever rewards are dispensed, they are not earned. They are given. And they aren't given on the basis of doing the right thing. They are given on the basis of being the persons God made us all to be. We don't earn God's favor. It was bought for us on the cross. We live our lives entirely in response to that reward. What is required to receive a reward in today's text in Matthew ten forty 40-42? It's what is done in the name of a prophet or of a righteous person or of a disciple. To do something in the name of means to do it in the fundamental living reality of that person, their truest real self. To do something in the name of God means to do it in the living reality of God at work within us. We are made for a living relationship with the one true living God, the God of Abraham and Moses and Jacob and Isaiah and Elijah and Job and the disciples and Paul. It is the transformative relationship with God that defines us, and it is us, and it cannot be taken away from us because it is given by God. How can we overcome the corrosive division that can seep into our churches? I think that we find everything that we need in today's reading from Matthew 10. I think that the way forward for us as a church is to define our ministry and our life together in the name of Jesus Christ, to focus on what draws us together, not what pulls us apart, and to keep it there, to be drawn together by Jesus at the center of all that we do, It's hard, but I know it can be done. I've seen it. Our model is fully divine. It is the relationship within the Trinity, a unity of relationship in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God's rewards program is the cross. It is reconciliation to God and to one another. It is forgiveness, peace, and eternal life, and the restoration of our true selves. Today's reading from Matthew 10 is the key to living the outcome of that welcoming relationship that overcomes our divisions. It is finding our connection and our unity in the common relationship with Jesus that we have been given. The answer to Jesus' prayer offered for the Church in John 17, 23, I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated, to open your heart to receive the living water from the Source, God's Self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Contact a friend or a relative. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds if you can. And be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.